stereotype and shattering stigma of being an alcoholic or addict in recovery. This is the Since Right Now podcast, the podcast of SinceRightNow.com and Clean and Sober, K-L-E-N and S-O-B-R. This is Jeff. Hi guys. So how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. Um, we were just uh, taking a, a last look at waking up the ghost. Yeah. And uh, it, it's terrific. It really it is. is. Thanks. Hi Jeff. How are you? Nice to meet you. I really, I really enjoy your really blog. Thanks. Tonight we're with yep. uh, Marilyn Spiller of uh, Waking Up the Ghost. Yep. If you haven't been go. Yeah, terrific. I, I've been wrestling with a, a few words that I will use in the uh, most complimentary way possible. I, I would hold them in high regard if they if they were used for me. But when I think of waking up the ghost and your 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 wit, I think of wry, acerbic, and droll are the words <laughs> that come to mind. Because there's some, okay. Well, I mean, I hope that's fair, but. Um, it's uh, better than a, a you know obnoxious drunk right. and well, repulsive, yeah. I suppose. But there are some just some beautiful turns of phrase that that you know I, I, I wish were mine. Um, it it seems like right even right now in very early not drinking sobriety for you. You have such a great perspective of what it all meant, or how did you get that? I think it takes people years to find humor in these things that have happened to you, and it seems like you found them pretty quickly for this. Well, I've been sober for a year, just about a year and a half. Um, And if you do read the blog, I think you'll find that, yeah, I do. I try to find as much humor as possible in the situation. Yeah. Lest I cry. Right. Uh, (laughs) But there are times, there are certainly times when I'm uh, writing that I'm, it's, it becomes more poignant. And there's, there's been a number of times that, that I've, that I've, that have cried and I think other people have as well. So yeah. it, it's not just, you know, I'm not a humor blogger no. by any means. No, no, no. I'm a sobriety blogger that, you know, who uh, tries to to see the the humor in the circumstance. Yeah. Uh, it, well, it's funny and we, you know, just going through some of these and I guess we're we're recent converts. We I just started reading it cuz I knew you got you were coming out, but what were some of the toughest ones to write or what were some of the hardest ones that you had to write over since you've been doing this? Well, I would I would say that for for me the most difficult thing you know I, we Chris and I talked a little bit this morning about about loss I guess about about um, where I where I used to be where I am now and um, my story is very much a story about losing pretty much everything mm-hmm. uh, having it all right um, uh, you know and and losing it all and. There's there's just no joy in going down that road in in revisiting that road, right. uh, you know. It, it, so I I try very hard to um, look forward, and uh, I think that my most difficult blog posts are when I can't. I just can't get past right. um, the the regret. Yeah. Well, you know what I've done, what I've messed up, who I've lost, those things, you know, along the way. Mm-hmm. And so those those are really those are tough. Yeah, 
And do you think writing about it is a way to help? Because I agree, and I think those are the tough things that you can you can, can bring in your sobriety is those kind of moments of shame or those mm-hmm. kinds of just awful things that you can't get rid of. And I, I'm sure writing about them is somehow cleansing or somehow... Cathartic. Yeah, cathartic, right? Yeah, I started the blog selfishly as a means yeah. of... of, of not drinking day yeah. by day. And, you know, one of the things that, that, that I put in every post, I write every day. And in every post, uh, I say, today I'm not drinking because. Yep. And sometimes it's funny. You know, I'm not drinking today because, uh, uh, you know, I, gotta walk the, well, I have to walk the dog in the rain. Yeah. But, but sometimes it's, it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's born out of, of uh, a much more meaningful uh, post well, actually, you know, it's interesting when you when you talked about those those um, today you're not drinking, and you know how they are occasionally, you know, off off the cuff or offhand, and and often quite you know humorous. Mm-hmm. Um, the the one that uh, you know hit me, you know, I, for me the most heartbreaking post you wrote was first among equals. Um, when I read that, I was just you know. Mm-hmm. That that was the first where you know it it had the 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 wit that I that I've grown accustomed to and that I admire and, and love in your posts, but um, you know it had some real um, you know tough tough stuff in there. Um, well, the one of the things that's part of my history that that um, probably should be mentioned is just that. Uh, I was always a, a, a big drinker, I would suggest, my whole adult life. But everything was in check until I got divorced, and that was about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's really when things derailed. And uh, you know, I really spent the first two years of my divorce drunk. I mean, I did. Right. And um, I, I, I would have blown you know, over the, the legal limit probably first thing in the morning at, mm-hmm. and, and any time during the day. And... Um, at that time, I bought a, a house in the Bahamas uh, on a small island called Staniel Key, and I liken it oftentimes to Odysseus's uh, mm-hmm. island of the uh, the Lotus Eaters. It was a you know a place so beautiful and decadent that once you got there, you you just sort of curled up and didn't ever want to leave. Mm-hmm. And you know that was what the 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 post that that you're referring to was all about. Mm-hmm. Is that I thought that I was one of 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 uh, this band of misfits. And what I really found out uh, in rekindling a relationship with somebody I knew there was that, you know, I was, I was the person people were talking about, you know, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I, and that's why I called it sort of first among equals is mm-hmm. that in, in, you know, in a, in a group of just hard drinking, crazy misfits, I was apparently, you know, right. you know, the, the one people were whispering behind their hands about. So, and then they were, you know, they, they, the, these people that I rekindled my relationship with recounted a number of stories. So I used to arrive at the, uh, at the yacht club in my golf cart and, and invariably drive up onto this big decorative stone that was in front yeah. of the door there, you know, yeah. And somebody would have to lift me off, and you know, like you could just picture them. Oh, that crazy white woman's back, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and was this the couple that turned out to be in recovery? What's that? Yes, was, in fact, they did. They, that's yes. funny. Yeah, it, it really was. So they they watched this thing, just think they watch. Yes, they watched this, and I, and as they say, I thought I was being really, really, really tricky. Yeah, you're getting away with it. <laughs> 
That's amazing. So you've been sober for a year. Um, year and a half. Year and a half. Okay. And I, I think it's always interesting to sort of recount. And I don't know if there's a bottom or a, the last days or this thing that happened, but I always, I always find it interesting to, to think about. My, you know, I have a very specific bottom. I know Chris does. Just these mm-hmm. last bits, but I don't know. If, you know, was there a moment of clarity you had, or how did how did this all come about? <laughs> I, I had uh, probably ten. <laughs> what what could be considered ten or so rock bottoms? You know, I uh, <laughs> just kept it, dangling yeah. along, hitting. <laughs> hitting all the I just kept trying to uh, to beat <laughs> my record, but but uh, you know there were so many things that happened. I probably uh, ten times went thirty days without drinking to okay. see if I could do it, but always went back and it would escalate. I'd say oh, I'll have a glass of wine with mm-hmm. dinner, and then it'd be two, and yep. then a bottle, and then I'd always go back to my bet noir, which was Chardonnay, and okay. and as soon as I was back on that, it was it was. You talk very, that. yeah, Chardonnays, you can tell there you have this relationship. You know, it's lots of guys with scotch and vodka, but Chardonnay is definitely your... My old friend. Your old friend. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I've, I've, I've laughed before about, I call it, you know, Shutter, Shutter, was it Sutter Home, Sutter Home Shard. That's the only, you know, that's the, 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 the gas station sure. Chardonnay right. when, when, you know, when it's late and everything else is closed. Yep. You, you run in and grab a couple bottles of uh, Sutter Home Shard. <laughs> but, um, a refined palate is the first thing to go, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. But, you know, there was really no specific thing. What ended up happening was that I just gave up. I, I finally capitulated, and I mean that in a, in a very good way. I yeah. surrendered. It's yeah. Probably, yeah. Surrender is a much better word. I, yeah. I yeah. finally surrendered. You know, I realized how miserable I was and I finally started listening to people and I surrendered to God and to my friends and to to getting some help and listening. I didn't listen. I wouldn't listen to anybody. Right, I just, right. you know, tragic pride is, is probably a big piece of, 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 you know, what got me where I, where I was. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was, it was a combination of things. And as it turned out, I just, I had, my son was arriving from London. I went to pick him up at the airport. He arrived at midnight. And instead of doing what I would normally have done, which is drink early, you know, get, get all my drinking in before noon. So I could sober up to go pick somebody up, you know, late. Um, I, I just didn't drink and I never, I haven't done it since. And what day was that? What's the date? It was July 28th. July 28th. Okay. So that was it, huh? So yeah, just some random event and then that was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I, you know, I, I was thinking about it before uh, while I was waiting for you guys is that typically nine o'clock at night would be something I, I couldn't do. I, one of two things would happen. I would either cancel at the last minute. I, I was famous for canceling. I had every excuse in the, in the, in the world because I would be drunk right, by yeah. that. Or um, I would I would drink early, you know, get get myself, you know, get get all the drinking in as much as I could and then give myself a couple of hours to take a shower, drink some coffee and and, you know, get myself to reasonable sobriety. And then what what's the you don't go to a or you do go to AA, um, is, and I can't remember which do not. I do sporadically. Sporadically, OK. I'm you know, I'm I'm. I think I might be ready to do it more than that. Do you do anything else specifically, or is it 
like spot did you get a sponsor did you, what yeah i guess just support or how are you doing a, yeah how you did it white knuckled it yeah okay <laughs> wrote a blog pretty much you know i'm i'm i i i you know i i say that um uh you know i'm a recluse but i think i think you have to be rich to be a recluse and i'm not rich anymore so i'm just a loner i tend to be a loner you know i'm just i just don't turn up right and i don't i'm not much of a joiner either and um I've, I've, and I'm, I'm resistant. There's no question. I'm resistant, and I'm, I'm, I'm working on all of that. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. But I, you know, I, I don't, I don't like rules. I don't like to be told what that there's only one way. Right. Sure. And I resist the, um, the AA uh, um, proponents who, who sort of, you know, who spout number soup to me you know if you if you did a seven you know it's a perfect example i was on twitter with a couple of people that i occasionally um communicate with and i i i, I would, had written a post about um tequila about being called tequila maryland when i was younger and i right. I, I had a a glad you know i had a, a a photograph of a of a shot of tequila with salt on the rim and lemon beside it and i said this still makes my mouth water and somebody came back and said, oh, if you'd done a 7 through a 10 and, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and whirled on an 11, you wouldn't even think about it. My response was, "Are you so, so if I you know, know your number soup, I'm not going to have a classical conditioning when I see you know, salt and lemon? Sure. That, you know, to me, that's absurd. So I, I, so I am resistant, but I, I have been resistant. But I remember I am. that. I, I didn't want to wade into that one. <laughs> I'm just going to stay. I'm just going to watch from afar. Um, on... <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. funny. Oh, you remember when that all went down. Well, yeah. And it, it, it was, it was uh, you know, benign as far as those yeah, things yeah. go, I think. Sure. I mean, but maybe. maybe yeah. From my perspective. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't have a lot of fight in me. I, I absolutely admire anybody who can do this and stay sober. Yeah. And, sure. and I'm terrified. I remain absolutely terrified terrified of of waking up the ghost you know or the dragon or the uh uh you know the sleeping giant whatever whatever we want to call it and uh, you know i i i'm absolutely petrified by any of the stories of um long-term um sober individuals who who uh falter and it happens all the time i think it is, which is what I what I always think for anybody who doesn't have long term support or isn't in the program. I always think that's. I think you just are constantly playing with fire, just not having something like that. I you know mm-hmm. they always say that at some point in your sobriety, the only thing standing between you and a drink is your higher power or your relationship with this higher power. Right. Um, and I wonder, just curious, if you have a spiritual life or if you have something like that, or if you found anything. When you surrender, I guess, was there something you surrendered to or, you know, anything like that? I surrendered to it all, you know, absolutely (laughs) just, just, just on my knees. I mean, literally. Um, and, uh, another thing that I've resisted for a number of years is, is anything spiritual or, or organized religion of any sort. I was raised, you know, Catholic, but, uh, my best friend is is um, very spiritual and has, has sort of served as my really as my sponsor and as my um, my spiritual guide through okay. this whole thing. And uh, I'm learning, you know, I'm I'm learning every day. Because I always think it's funny when I when 
and Chris knows this, when I hear his story and when I hear your story, I, I think at some point in sobriety, you, you, have to, you have to deal with all this stuff, right? All this emotions come up. I don't know what it was like, but you know, for me, the first year was an emotional, in some ways you're numb, but in some ways you're dealing with things you never dealt mm-hmm. with. Right. Mm-hmm. And so everyone sort of has to deal with them in a different way. And I think this blog is a way, it's almost like what we would call it to throw some number soup at you. <laughs> Four step and a tenth step, just ways that you clean up your past, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where, however, that's done, and I think mm-hmm. people just sort of naturally fall into that, but can stay sober. You know, it's, it's a process, whether it's an AA process or not. But uh, so it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing. You've got you know some spiritual advisors, and you know, just doing this blog, which I think is is a uh, the same kind of thing. Well, a friend of mine. Uh, Who's a uh, uh, ex cocaine addict calls it the 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 the, the uh, legs of a stool that mm-hmm. you know right. this the, the the more legs the stronger the the support and I have tried as much as possible to to uh, to to add as many legs to the to the stool and and frankly one of the reasons I haven't gone to to AA meetings more is that I just haven't found a meeting where I'm particularly comfortable and I think as soon as I do that that's that, sure. that that's where I'll be I, I I'm not in any way adverse to it yeah and I mean in a year and a half essentially outside of AA I mean it speaks I think volumes yeah. to uh, sobriety and you know I, I I don't doubt that that you're in recovery but it's only been recently that I've even learned really the distinction between sobriety and recovery and that you know you can be sober, but not be recovering, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not be a well, it was that's another one of those things that was my my biggest surprise. Uh, I assumed that all I had to do was get sober, and you know, there'd be a light shining on yeah. me, and tulips, you know, as my feet touch the ground <laughs> would be springing up. I thought everything was going to be fine. Yeah. I was going to be happy. Life would be great, and. One of my biggest disappointments was that you know sobriety is not roses and reggae. You know, it's 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 about <laughs> it's it, it, a lot of other things came to the fore. Yeah. You know, some ancient eating disorders that that I haven't I haven't dealt with since I was in college popped up. It was wow. as if I was seeking some form of addiction. You know, yeah. I was looking for it. That's funny. That was my next question: is once you quit drinking, a lot of people find other things to substitute. If you had to really watch that? Very much so. I have a bona fide sugar addiction. Oh. Bona fide. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just and you know, my my the thing that I'm cognizant of is a lot of these things that could be considered. I mean, I've even seen people blog blogging who say, Oh, for heaven's sakes, go ahead and eat that cupcake. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're sober. But but what was happening with me and sugar is that that I was using it in the same way that I used to use alcohol. You know, I I hole up, go into a dark room, <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, turn on the TV and eat Malamars or whatever it was. It you know, I, I was attaching the all those those sort of aberrant behaviors to 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 just some other some other product. I'm curious. The other so one one thing the process that you go through to to make this blog, and I know. Is it things that just kind of float up as as uh, your sobriety continues, or do you have to like sit down and really think about these moments, 
or do they just sort of come to her? Is it a, a natural process or how do you do this every day? That's a lot of, you know, getting out, I think writing every day. Every day is tough. It's I'll tough. tell you it is. It really and, is. Um, uh, yeah, it just sort of springs to mind. Sometimes, sometimes during the day, something will happen that, that reminds me of something else or, uh, you know, I get a lot of, of emails from people, um, who read the blog that, that jog my memory about other things mm -hmm. or who ask about something. And, um, you know, so that, that helps, but, but basically it's something that just pops into mind and I almost always do it first thing in the morning. Uh, you know, I, I'd love I'd love to be able to ha you know stack up a bunch of of posts, but it doesn't seem to work that way. Right, just out of curiosity, are all, all your family and friends aware of the blog? They they read it. Yes. Okay. Um, which is which is I think fantastic. I mean, the writing everyday thing is invaluable. I think in terms of recovery, just mm -hmm. it, it helps you know you know yourself, which to me is the core of recovery is being honest with yourself. Yeah. Um, and you know knowing yourself better than anybody else. And what's, uh, you know, what's interesting about it, you, you mentioned earlier today when we had that brief call that, you know, you get a lot of feedback from people about how, um, you know, open and honest you are about it. it you know, to some degree, I was just thinking as you were, were talking that it, it's, it's a, it, you know, I mean, I guess alcoholism is as well, but it's, it's a bit self-indulgent when you think about it. I mean, every day I really kind of write about me, yeah, you know, right. how I feel, what happened to me, who did what, yeah. you know, what, what punch in the gut I got because I wanted a glass of wine or whatever. It's a bit, it's a bit self-absorbed, but surprisingly, uh, I get comments from people all the time saying, don't stop. You yeah. you get me through my day. I yeah. read you every morning. Yeah. You know, there's not legions, but there's certainly, you know, thousands who who read pretty much every day. They, you know, they it's kind of it, it's short, you know, it's a five minute read. Yeah. Yeah. And um shockingly, uh, you know, people say that that I help them. So so now it's not just for me. You know, I feel like some days I feel like, oh, Hell, I'm not going to write, but but then I think, well, gosh, you know, this person that, that that sent me a note saying that they literally, you know, I helped them get through their day. I feel like I should I should put something there. Mm -hmm. And what I've found is every time I try to be, I don't know how you guys are about this. I your 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 work seems very true and and to the bone, but it feels to me like every time I try to get commercial you know, try to buy some audience or oh, right. do that whole Huffington Post 10 reasons why or, right, right. you know, I, I just fail miserably. Yeah, you know, if it doesn't ring true, it's got to ring true. Yeah. That's what, you know, Chris and I were talking about honesty and how people are always saying to me that they admire my honesty. And sometimes I feel like I'm not honest enough. That I'm not going deep enough. You know, I'm not going close enough to the bone. Um. But, you know, it's all coming. It's unfolding. And I've, I've heard a number of people also say that having read the blog from the beginning, you know, that I, I at the beginning I seemed a lot more sarcastic and almost angry and that it's, you know, you, you watch it unfold as, yeah. as my Become experience more unfolds. That's, that's beautiful. I think it's so funny. I think honesty, gut level honesty is such a hard thing 
to get to. Uh, we were. I was at a an attempted uh, intervention today of one of my <laughs> wife's friends, and and she didn't either answer the door. This person we were trying to do an intervention on. But for years, this social circle of people mm-hmm. has had a real problem articulating the fact that we all know this woman is an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And no one, it was, it was a bunch of mm-hmm. social graces and didn't want to say and didn't want to be the one that, mm-hmm. me, you know, who's far enough removed where it wasn't my close friend, but could totally see it from a program standpoint of like, this person needs help. They're an alcoholic. But it's funny, to, it just seemed that Finally, they were coming to grips with being honest about what this situation mm-hmm. was, but it's a really hard thing to... Well, she just didn't answer the door? Yeah, just didn't answer the door. <laughs> See, just, that's what I would have done. Which just is, I know, yeah. just typical, like, right? Like, <laughs> I got, got the I glass of wine, I'm holed up in the basement, years. I'm not even doing, I'm not dealing <laughs> with it. Yeah. I spent the first two years after my divorce pretty much that. in my walk-in closet with a bottle of tepid shard and... You know, my I, I've said it before, but my front door looked like you know the, those those dead celebrities where they have flowers and notes are, are rustling in yeah. the wind. People so you know soup on the on the porch. Oh, People yeah, were funny. trying to get a hold of me, and I, you know, I just had same kind of deal. I just hid. I didn't answer the door, but yeah, that's yeah. That's what we do, right? At the yeah. end, the last job I had, I quit. Just, I just you not just going don't in. pick up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Well, did you guys ever have anybody intervene? I, I nobody ever did that for me. No, yeah, I sh- I mean, they should have, I suppose. Yeah, I had a, I had people, I had lots of people tell me I was not alcoholic, and I was going to ask you when when your family members found out you were most most everyone I knew were just like, yeah, obviously you were, you know, they were not surprised. Where I think, you know, I don't know how you were. Your was your family like, thank goodness, or <laughs> and friends when they started reading this blog, like they all knew, right? Yeah, they they did. You know, I, I was just speaking about this to to my 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 best friend Kim. That I you know I talk about her a lot in the in the blog. She's she's very important to me and very important to my sobriety. And what what she was saying and what I was saying was that it it seems like my persona was so wrapped up. In, you know, I was I, I was outrageous for a number of years, and mm-hmm. you, you could always count on Marilyn to be outrageous. And, you know, it was fueled with, with, with white wine. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I had people say, well, what would you do? Like, what would you even be without wine? You know what I mean? It was like <laughs> I got encouragement in, in the other direction because I think people thought, oh, gosh, you know, she's just going to be an empty shell right. if she's not fueled with, 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 funny. You know, with, with Chardonnay. Yeah. What would you have left? But I think everybody is 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 certainly relieved, and I I've had nothing but but support from from my children and my family and my friends, you know. Yeah. And I, I mean, one of the thing, one of the other you know legs to my stool is that um, a lot of people have gone out of their way to help me through this process, mm-hmm. and um, you know. I, I would hate to have any of that withdrawn. I mean, one of my biggest motivators is 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 that I would, you know, I don't want to disappoint those people who have helped me through this. What, what's your, uh, what are your days like now? Are you, do you feel like you've, you've, you're into this routine or do you still struggle with drinking? Does the thoughts cross your mind? Any drinking dreams or anything like that? Or is it pretty no far away? No drinking dreams. I, in fact, I just posted, I had a, somebody send me a, a, a note saying that, to, that I should write a post about dreaming about 
the dreams you have when you're drinking, the dreams you have when you're not drinking. And, and worst of all, she said, the dreams of drinking, yeah. you know, that I'm, I, I, it occurred to me that I haven't, I don't, can't remember a single dream since I've been sober. I don't know what that means. Yeah. I think it takes a long time to <laughs> remember your dreams. I, it, it is true. That's an interesting thing. It yeah. took me a while to remember my dreams. When I, think, I mean, your, your so brain chemistry is re, yeah. reconfiguring itself. So yeah. <laughs> dreams get lost in the translation for a while, I think. Um, Have you guys done any any research or, or about the why of it? Does it does that bother you at all? Why you? Why why us versus uh, anybody else? Yeah. Why? Well, why we're alcoholics? Yeah, is it subjective? Yeah, I don't know. It's and I I don't know if this is research, but I think I've just over the years reading about how it's a genetic disease and how you know you we all process the alcohol literally process the alcohol differently than others. Some people just process it differently. And and I read something just recently, maybe even yesterday, about how I mean at least fifty percent of it can be attributable to um, genetic predisposition. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. And then you know the rest is. Um, yeah, you know, circumstance and and you know, and Chardonnay and Chardonnay <laughs> and my yeah, old lots friend, of Chardonnay. Chardonnay. Well, you know, it's Chardonnay. it's another thing I was I was saying to Chris earlier that that I, I I'm sort of exploring this this concept of is my old friend alcohol res- really truly res- is it fair for me to say that alcohol is responsible for for all the things you know all the sort of messes i got myself into right and i don't know i mean it, is that fair that's it's, a, fair? it's funny i was thinking this about this girl with the intervention today all the messes she is in is because of her drinking and she <laughs> sees none of she that she can't see it can't see any of it and it's I would say that's ninety percent true yeah. for me. You and know? I think where where was it? It must have been a, a podcast. I don't know. A couple episodes back, I'd found something that um, well, you know, denial is denial. Just has continuously baffled me since once yeah. once since I've been out it's of a tough it. Tough one, right? I, I'm just astounded by people still in it. Just like yeah. you know, I've had to reconcile myself to understanding it because I was there. But it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. And there's been research done on that that. Um, you know, people in the grips of active addiction, they they literally lack the ability to see what's basically what's right in front of their face. Yeah, you know, right, about, right. about how you know the the situation they're in. Yeah. Um, but did you did you guys deny? I I don't think I ever did. I always knew I was a boozer. I just didn't want to deal with it. I, I never said to anybody. Somebody said, you know, you're having too much to drink. I might have gotten miffed and said, you know, it's none of your business. Right. But I never said no. I didn't. Yeah. You know, I didn't. I only had a one. I never yeah. lied about it. Right. Yeah. Deep, deep down, I, I did, guess you, I did put water in. The, you know, I, I I did water the wine occasionally yeah. if it looked like I'd had too much and that kind of. Did you come from a line of alcoholics? Was anyone in your family alcoholic? My brother was a he's dead, but he was a raging alcoholic, and nobody else that I that I you know that I know of. Mm-hmm. And you know, the other thing that 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 bears mention is mitigating what I call mitigating factors. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think my whole adult life, I didn't drink until I was in college, but as soon as I started, I would suggest that by anyone's yardstick, I was a problem drinker, Yeah. but I had it in check. 
you know, because I had mitigating factors. There was school, then there was work, then there was my marriage to a watchful, very watchful man and my children. And it was only when 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 I was left kind of to my own devices that I really fell off the, the you know, the rails. Well, and and say, I mitigating factors are important when, when, when all those other things are, are, you know, that we've just talked about are there. Mm-hmm. It, I feel like perhaps even if you are drinking, if you've got those checks and balances, you have to be at work at X amount of, at this time. You have to pick your children up at school. Mm-hmm. Um, it was when my children were older and driving themselves and, you know, I got divorced that that. I, I, you know, and didn't have, I, at that point I wasn't, I wasn't, I was making my own, you know, hours and I didn't really have to be anywhere or do anything. And that's when it got really, you know, it got bad because whenever I felt like it, I just poured a drink. Right. Yeah. And mitigating factors are never set in stone. So sliding scale. Eventually it has nothing to do with if you have to drive your kids anywhere or be at work right. at nine. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Um, yeah, exactly. You know, so, I mean, you know, that's like I was saying earlier. It's like that's how I lost the last job I had before I got sober was I just stopped going in um, <laughs> one day. I literally I yeah, stopped well, that'll calling. Do and it. I stopped, what's that'll that? do it. Yeah. But, but, but it's, it's what I was talking about earlier that, you know, if I had a difficult, what I would consider a difficult, dip, difficult situation like being ambulatory or, or conversational at 9 o'clock at night, I would either – you know, get myself drunk and sober up to a degree or not turn up. So, yeah, the not turning up happened over and over and over mm-hmm. again for me. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I always think there's I think there's people like two kinds. I, I was an alcoholic before I ever took my first drink, and I drank alcoholically from drink one. Right. But I know loads of people who were more like you that just sort of over time – drank always had a little problem but then this something happened mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it just collapsed mm-hmm. and they just became this alcoholic but for years they were okay with it you know it didn't destroy their lives but then it you, they, it's almost like they drunk themselves into alcoholism well, well, you know, or something we were, we were talking earlier too in our sort of pre-call about anthropomorphizing it and you know, in my mind, and I told you, I've, I've for a long time and still do to some degree, think of it as this beast that's always lying in wait. Yeah. And, um, you know, when, when you talk about it, it was after it your goes, kids yeah. were out of the house and, and, and your divorce that, that mm-hmm. um, left to your own devices. Well, left to my own devices was when I went away to college. Yeah. So I was, you know, a classic sort of good kid um, until uh, I went to college. And literally, I would say my alcoholism sunk its teeth in mm-hmm. my first week at college wow. and it was wow. no looking back from there and did you have this sense when you had your first drink that ah oh, finally i feel like myself because i've heard that before not my first drink i would say my first drunk well not even my first drunk but that 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 for that first week in college when i was left to my own devices mm-hmm. and i was I don't know, free to be me, whatever that meant. That I, I clearly got wrong, right? <laughs> you know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I I thought I was feeling like myself. I was definitely feeling something. But yeah, well, you know, I can I can tell. I don't know about you guys, but I can I can see 
a problem drinker from a mile away. There's yeah. something in, I, I even looked this up because, and I did a post about it. My brother used to, his face used to actually change physically. His eyes would, would distend and, mm-hmm. you know, he, he would be a little, his face would be a little slack. He had some physical ramifications from drinking, but I can kind of tell my, my kids will come home with a handful of kids, you know, other kids and yeah. they're all uh, drinking. And there's one that you can just tell is going to have a problem. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I was that kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what it sounds like. I was told from yeah, very early age. I had lots of my parents, my friend's parents tell me I was an alcoholic when I was in high school. Because <laughs> I, you know, must have drank like that. Jeez. Right. Well, I think it's it's the one that wanders out into traffic, or you know, starts crying, or or you know, every somebody has to tend to that person. I think that's your. So one one of the questions we're asking everyone is situations which used to baffle us. Mm. Yeah. And when you get sober, you all of a sudden, like for me, it was police. Right. I always got arrested when I was drunk, and now I never get arrested anymore. So. <laughs> Police oh, used to baffle me, and There's now I, they don't. So I'm just, we're just we're we're throwing that out there for easy things, you know, things that you have now just become so obviously good at that used to completely baffle you. If anything, <laughs> if anything comes uh, to mind, dare, dare I say, in in the company of men, men, just the subject of men, men, right, perfect. <laughs> you know, men as, used as to my, baffle you, my and now you. Friend Kim says you used to say you sure know how to pick them. You know, <laughs> after I got divorced, man, I just couldn't. I, I just couldn't figure it out. Uh, yeah. And uh, now I look back, and it was like, are you kidding? That's what funny. was it? What were you thinking? I love that. So sobriety equals, you know, a, a bright shining light on on those men that you should run, not walk away from. And I used to do it the exact opposite, run toward it. That's funny. And and the Captain Ron guy, right? I loved him. I don't even know him, but he, <laughs> yeah. seems, he seemed like that, that kind of guy, right? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the picture of, you know, I, I put a pic, I found a picture of Captain Ron and it, it's so uncanny. I mean, the guy looked exactly like that. You know, I, every time I'd look at the picture, I think, oh my God, I gotta, you can't put a picture of him on there. You know, yeah. he looked so much like that. But yes. That's funny. <laughs> he was the he was the first one out of the box. Oh, he was he. <laughs> yeah, and well, t- you know, it takes a while, right? But I would say that that's you know I I I I'm much better at at, at maybe it's just people in general sure, that you right. know I I used to gravitate toward crazy. I thought mm-hmm. that was interesting, mm-hmm. and crazy is crazy. Yeah, you know I've learned that crazy is just crazy. You don't need to go there. And that was where I would I, I always sought out those people that that were a little wacky mm-hmm. because I thought it was most interesting, yeah. well, entertaining. Well, they would entertain me, and now I don't find that entertaining. I'd rather be with somebody who's normal. Do you have an, <laughs> and, and distracting, right? I mean, it's keeping you from focusing on exactly. right. I mean, what 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 the challenges are underneath all yeah. All of that. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I can't, you know, I, I spend a, a fair amount of time noodling this because I, I, you know, I, I write about it every day. But I, I keep wanting to put all of this behavior on my part, you know, uh, under some umbrella of self-loathing. You know, like, why did I hate myself so much mm-hmm. that I would make those choices, you know, that I would make myself sick with booze and 
choose all the wrong people and spend all my money. And, you know, why? Other than I just hated myself. It's all I can, it's kind of all like this where I keep coming to. And I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm being too hard on myself, but it seems like the proper umbrella to put all this underneath. Do you think that's true? I mean, as you're looking at it, is there something truly that you hated yourself over? Because yeah. you, you say that and I think you're just an alcoholic. Yeah. That's just what alcoholics do. But I'm yeah. curious, like, if you... And you're right. We have this self-loathing, self-weird... Undeserving. <laughs> yeah. You know, it might not be as... Yeah. But, but I always think it's it's deeply because we do stupid shit while we're drinking that we're shameful of and then we have to drink yeah. that to get rid of the feelings of the stupid shit we did when we're drinking. Mm-hmm. So I always think it's just this this cycle of shame, not so much this... But I, yeah, at some point when I was drinking, I thought I had a black soul and this is how I was created by God <laughs> and I should just continue to be a black-souled person, right? Mm-hmm. I was Darth Vader in the movie, mm-hmm. and this is just what I was an evil person, so I just might as well continue with that because I'm not going to change, huh. which is warped, really. But it sounds like <laughs> you're, you're, you know, you're dealing with that kind of thing where at some point you're, mm-hmm. you're, you have all this self-loathing, but is there, was, there some, was there a reason? Have you figured that out? I'm, I'm fascinated I, by that. I have not. I, I think it would take years of therapy. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know, but, but as I say, I, I keep trying to, now that I'm clear-headed and I look back and say, well, why in the world would you have done this? I mean, we haven't gotten into, uh, you know, a lot of this, my, my specific circumstances. They're, they're all there in the blog. But I did some just crazy stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And when I think back on it, I can't help but think I must have just wanted to, A, be killing, to kill myself because yeah. I was doing it slowly. And yeah. B, that I must have hated myself. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I like Jeff. I like your uh, I like your rendition much better, which is just like let's just blame it on the, <laughs> blame it on the alcohol, <laughs> as the song says. I'm, right. I'm thinking that from now on, I'm just going to say it was the booze. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's a number right number of factors that go into it, but the booze certainly is the uh, propellant, right? Um, yeah. Now, did you guys have? I mean, the other thing that you know I've been reading about recently is that a lot of Alcoholics who become sober have other issues to deal with, Um, OCD and, uh, you know, other psychological issues. Chris, Chris, depression. Yeah, depression. Depression, yeah. It's been a a huge part of what um, I've dealt with. And, you know, a lot of my drinking was was to mitigate the depression, Mm -hmm. self-medication, and, um, you know, social anxiety. Yep. I, you know, nobody that I think knows yep. me now would recognize me drinking in that, you know, now I, you have to, you know, literally drag me to go to a party, but before I was throwing the parties. Yeah. Um, and uh, when you say social anxiety, do, do you, so do, was the, I mean, for me, a glass of wine was the immediate first thing I've always been, uh, you know, um, oftentimes the life of a party, but I've always been very uncomfortable entering you know, a, a room full of people. Yeah. And my immediate, the first thing I, the, one of the hardest things for me is not doing it anymore. But the very first thing when I would walk up to the bar and get myself my glass of wine, mm-hmm. and then you've got something to do, something right. in your hand. I mean, is that part of the social anxiety, do you think? What what aspect of? Just not drinking. It's just the, having a glass in your hand. Oh, no, yeah. no. I mean, no, I, I was, 
I was so, I mean, you know, back since I was a, you know, a small child, I was what they used to just call shy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it's really just, uh, difficulty certainly walking into an existing situation, you know, the group of people, um, is, can be challenging, you know, as I've gotten older, I deal mm-hmm. with it in various ways yeah. and to varying degrees of, with varying degrees of success. But yeah, I mean, alcohol certainly, um, you know, late teens, twenties and, and in, up to 30 was a remarkably good way to take care of that. And, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you go out a lot, Marilyn? Do you still, do you go out at all to go to parties and social functions? <laughs> no, I just sit in the <laughs> I just sit in the house. You do, don't you? Over and all by myself. That That's way funny. I can't get myself into trouble. No, in fact, um, everybody I know drinks. Right. Uh, and most so, most of the people I know drink a fair amount. Right. And one of the things that uh, my blog, you know, sort of has as a as a underscore is temperance. You know, the the, the tagline temperance in a tipsy world. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I, you know, I was resistant to at the very beginning was was everyone who told me that I should just isolate myself from circumstances that were going to tempt me because right, right. because they're not going to go away. They're right. there. True. And unless I want to not see my children or my family or any of my my, you know, previous friends, I, I don't you know, I, I, I have to find a way to be to be in an environment with, with, with drinking. And it took me about a year. It was July 4th. You know, I went through all the, the Christmas holiday and all that sort of stuff. And I got to July 4th and I was at my son's school in um, Stetson. He goes to, to Stetson in Deland, Florida. And I was there for the weekend. And it was the first time I felt like myself around drinking people. I, you know, uh-huh. I wasn't looking at my watch. I wasn't bored. I wasn't yeah. anxious. But it took about it, you know. It took it took a, almost a year before I felt like myself in that setting. Yeah, well, that's good. That's but the main good. thing is just the sort of, you know, if you're sitting with a group of people and you have four or five glasses of wine, you become animated. Mm-hmm. You, you don't, you know, the time goes by. Right. When you're when you're drinking bloody, you know gassy water and uh, and cranberry juice there's only so much you can drink and i i just start looking at my surreptitiously looking at my watch like god when when are we going to be done here that's funny and it's so funny the you learn quickly when you go out and i did my first year you can't drink uh, a ton of cranberry like i drink cokes all night and i'm like you cannot do that you cannot drink (laughs) as much liquid as i used to drink exactly (laughs) just look you pee a lot, <laughs> and what's funny is you know I read you read those things about the the you know official recommended amounts of alcohol for what men and women, and it's yeah. different for both. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like two or three drinks a day or something yeah. for women, and you know you talk about have three or four three drinks at a sitting yeah. to get comfortable, and you know it's like thinking about those times. Just um, yeah, I drank. I mean, I drank a, a solid three bottles of wine a day there in the last couple of the last. The last few years, it was a, it was it was a solid you know three bottles of wine a day every. That's sweet. That's a lot of that's, booze. That's sweet. That's that is a sweet. lot of wine. <laughs> sweet. Um, like, you started at what time in the day? What time? Would you, uh, start? you know, when I got up. Yeah. 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 Wow. A lot of times, yeah. you know, a lot of times when I got yeah when I got up, you know, when I lived in the Bahamas, that was they called it Bahamian breakfast. Sure, you know, yeah. walking down the dock and all the guys that have a beer at seven o'clock in the morning and you start, you know, get on the boat at 10 o'clock and you, you know, you pop some wine and, and then it goes on all, all day until you pass out. Beauty. Yeah. 
Towards the end, Love I was it. getting up and I had these big 20-ounce plastic cups and I'd pour two beers in it and <laughs> go outside and have a cigarette and drink beer first thing. Ooh. Um, I remember waking up and shaking and thinking I had palsy. <laughs> <laughs> I could not understand why oh, I was shaking. Yeah. <laughs> I better have a drink. Um, right. Yeah. Um, hey, so one thing that you mentioned, so you, you've, you've kept all your your friends, it sounds like, a lot of them. Uh-huh. And I know when, yeah. I mean, when I got I so have, I was going to ask that. Like, aren't you supposed to ditch your friends? I don't have a lot of friends. I'm sorry. I don't have a lot of friends. <laughs> yeah, so there was no, I mean, does anybody, has anybody ever sort of, made noises to pull you back in or, or wonder what you're doing or I I really through after my divorce I di- I divorced myself from just about everybody oh, okay. and I lost a lot of you know what I would consider acquaintances and and sort of b-level friends through that whole process but you know my I have a handful of 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 you know, best girlfriends and another handful of, of guy friends that, that, um, you know, it, it really hasn't affected our friendship. I mean, they've, they certainly worried about me and, and there were, you know, there were some, you know, some of those, those drunken, ugh, those horrible circumstances where people are yelling and, <laughs> ugh, and it's all just booze fueled. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, there were a few of those things, but those people just, just, you know, they, they loved me and they just, you know, they stayed. Okay. Yeah. So these are friends you've had for, for a long, long time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Lifelong friends. Yep. That's good. And my kids, you know, my kids, my kids, you know, God love them. And they just, they, they've, they've stuck by me. They're, you know, my daughter's 26 and my son's 22 and they are, they're, they're, they're just great. Couldn't be better. Do either of them have alcohol issues? <laughs> Mm, I worry sometimes about my son. He's he's more like me. He tends to hole up, and um, you know, a lot of a, a lot of what uh, really all the bad things I did, the really bad mm-hmm. things, happened when I was alone, and it was after te- or alone ish, and after ten o'clock at night, and uh, uh, you know, I, I hid a lot by light of day and by, you know, I, my best friend will read the blog and say, you got to be kidding me. You know, she, she doesn't know a lot of the stuff that took place. Wow. And, and uh, she knew me better than anybody. But um, my son worries me a little bit. They both, my, both my kids drink a fair amount, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But my son's in college, so that's kind yeah. of, hard, it's hard to tell. Yeah, it's hard to tell. a college student or, <laughs> you know. Yeah, they say you can't, you can't spot one in college. No, that's yeah. tough. That is stuff. Um, what about you guys? Are you from families, drinking families? Yeah, I'm like a sixth generation alcoholic. Yeah. And Chris, you said your family was all in the booze well, business. Well, yeah, but both sides of my my, my mom and and my my dad uh, were both in uh, the alcohol business. Yeah, yeah, beer and wine on either side. So it's sort of uh, you know it's it's uh, much more normalized just alcohol you know in in my family. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's funny. I was always so, you know, disgusted. My brother was much older than me. He's 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 deceased, but he was eight years, eight nine years older than me, and um, I was always so repulsed by him. You know, his drunken behavior that it's pretty interesting that I that I mirrored it. Yeah. You know? 
Do you think you always had it and ju- just sort of came out? I mean, it sounds like it might have been in your family. But at some point, it was just, you know, watching your brother. I could see how early on it wasn't appealing, but at some point, it just took over. Yeah, yeah. He used to hide. He, he was a vodka drinker. You know those people who drink vodka because they think you can't smell it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is the biggest myth in the world. Yeah, like, I used to drink vodka because, you know, yeah, no one can smell it. Like, really? That urban myth. I mean, it's, it stinks. I mean, yeah. you can smell it. And <laughs> But anyway, so he used funny. to... He used to hide these little bottles of vodka all over the place. You know, you'd sit on the couch and and uh, find them underneath the cushions. I don't know what that was all about. Did did uh, alcohol uh, have something to do with how he died? Mm, I mean, he died of leukemia. He had got leukemia, but he, you know, I, I I can't imagine that he wasn't you know impaired because he was a long time big time drinker. You know. Yeah. Well, it's evil stuff. It's evil stuff. Yeah, it is evil. It, it can do, <laughs> do some damage. Um, well, you know, I, I was, I, I, in fact, I, I, I actually did a post about it because I went up, I, I, I used to live on the ocean here in, in, uh, in Jacksonville Beach before I, before I became homeless. And, um, uh, you know, it was whatever that, ho- that September holiday was. And I, I, you know, I looked out, I lived, you know, right on the ocean. I looked out my balcony and just everybody was drunk, you know, like mm-hmm. the whole beach people were falling all over the place. That's funny. And I just, you know, I went in and looked up on the, you know, went to the computer and looked up like how many people drink. And I mean, it's just, it, it's, <laughs> you know, the statistics are amazing. Mm-hmm. How many children are affected by alcohol? How mm-hmm. many? How many, you know, death and injuries are caused by alcohol? Yeah. No, I know. It's funny how many people fall off things and die, but it, you don't think it was drowning. Alcohol, but it was thirty like, percent. One in three drownings. Is, yeah. Is, how many is, get trapped on a sandbar and drown with the tide coming in? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's crazy. Eesh. <laughs> any any, more, any last burning yeah, desires as we stay in the yeah. meetings, Marilyn? Anything you want to? throw out there not a one all right and this was fun it yeah, was, it was fun. fun so we, we will uh chris will link to your blog if stuff. he hasn't already right so all that stuff absolutely I'm as we always do prepare it all and uh yeah we'll keep we'll yeah. keep reading you keep writing sounds great you guys and i would i would encourage you just i'd encourage you to go to some meetings like go find <laughs> a meeting that you love you know i'm gonna go see my mother lives in flint michigan i'm going to visit her on sunday and i'm thinking while I'm there, you know, I have some time. That that would be a good time to just find, just just get started with this whole yeah. thing. I think yeah. you're right. I think I might be ready. Yeah, it, I I think you are. And it's funny. I think there's when you get a little perspective. It's a beautiful, beautiful program. I think there's lots of parts of it, of course, that annoy anybody about anything. But the core of it, the core of it, it's a beautiful program. So anyway, I think just would be my thing. And if you ever end up at a smart meeting, yeah, let Jeff and I know how that is because we we cannot for the life of us get to one, <laughs> but we keep trying. We do. Um, We're yeah. going to get to one. Well, what's a smart meeting? You mean with smart? No, no, no. It's, it's like a, a sort of an alternative to AA. To AA, oh. but also a compliment. They they yeah. suggest that it's what's... a compliment to it as well. But it's yeah. a, it's secular and it's a different sort of oh. program. Yes, I've never even heard of it. Yeah, it's SM. called smart. Smart, yeah. Um, it was started by some psychologists, and I think it was, yeah, did, I, I think probably a lot of the need came from just people who were wanted a different way than AA. Right. It's, 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 yeah. it's a different 
method and we keep thinking we're going to learn more about it but uh keep not making it smart yeah smart so yeah it's it's worth looking into um and uh you know not i i don't want to counter what Jeff said, but I'm just going to provide balance. But there okay, is do. also, there, well, there is also secular, there are secular organizations. There are secular organizations yep, yep. for sobriety, have meetings, um, SOS We're a fair and, fair and balanced podcast. This and, is like Fox News. We're fair and balanced. Well, yeah, we're exactly <laughs> like Fox News. That's exactly what we're like. I thought you were, you were like sober for 15 years or something, and you haven't, you're not a big, I mean, you just started going to AA, right? Yeah. Oh, me? Well, yes. I've, I've been to two, two meetings. meetings. Um, and uh, just, you know, for my own, I don't know what, but edification. But yeah, why just, did you not go? Why? Why all those years? Uh, yeah. Well, Chris, there are a number of reasons. I think <laughs> not the least of which was my sort of introversion, social anxiety, um, shyness. Shy, yeah, shyness uh-huh. essentially. Yeah, I think that's really the core of it, and. Uh, I don't know. I think I just thought I could do it on my own well, and you be did. done with it. And I did. You did do um, it. But, you know, I, I, again, now, the caveat is I always say it's, you know, circumstances conspi- have conspired all the way along to, right. to allow me this success. Yep. And, uh, you know, but it is doable. I mean, you know, I, I think I told you earlier that Jeff had me convinced I was a unique snowflake. Um, mm-hmm. But there, there are plenty of us out there who, who find alternative means other than so, AA. Yeah. And that's not to say I'm certainly not uh, against AA no. in any way whatsoever. So um, just uh, there are options is all I'm saying. Do you, do you guys ever get that punch in the gut, God, I'd like to have a drink feeling? Not in a These long, days? long, long time. Maybe very early on, but not really. No, no I never I do. I can't think of it. I, I think I sometimes think oh i wish i could do mushrooms tonight or something like that <laughs> but i never think i never want to drink and, which, and that was i mean i like to drink so and i'm i'm grateful i'm grateful for that a lot just that i don't have that compassion yeah. it doesn't cross my mind i'm like i'm so grateful i don't ever have to just mentally deal with yeah because i feel like you know you you wrote something recently about smoking um, and I feel far away from a cigarette, but I was—I feel like I'm closer to that than I am. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? I, I would be much closer to, to wanting to smoke than I would yeah. be. Yeah, and I don't want to smoke. And I don't yeah. want to smoke. Right? <laughs> I, I think it's bizarre, though. You know, I mean, obviously we have extreme willpower because I, I, how do you go from having your entire life really focused around this thing to to not? And I don't, I don't feel it either. It's, 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 it, rem- right. it sh- surprises me almost every day that I'm not compulsively, worried you know, chomping at the bit yeah. or drooling or, or, or w- with my hand on a bottle mm-hmm. everywhere. You know, there's always there's bottles of wine everywhere, yeah. open bottles of wine, and I just don't even, I just don't feel it. It's interesting. And I, I think, I mean, willpower certainly could, can part of it and may very well be depending on the person but you know i uh, when i quit smoking i read this book uh what's his name uh alan carr's easy way to quit smoking and the, the the sort of foundation of what he talks about i think is that if you're doing it by willpower it, it's it's not really going to work because mm-hmm. then you're, you're you're actively expending energy yeah um to not do this thing Mm-hmm. And when you when you can just realize you you can let it go, yeah, um, uh. that you have the most success, and you know I certainly you know with all my substances and there were many, um, uh, you know I I, I n- none of them are, are by willpower certainly not anymore yeah. it's just I it's not what I do, um, you know my wife you know I'm, I'm married to a, a drinker and um, you know she 
drinks, you know, semi-regularly, and yeah. I, I have zero compulsion to, to yeah, say, join hey, her. Set me up with one. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. But it's funny. I think when you talked about surrendering, Marilyn, I think at some point that has to happen. Like you have to give up. Yeah, and I think that's mm-hmm. that, yeah. right. Well, and and I've always it's always been an issue for me. Capitch, you know. Surrender is a much nicer word than capitulation. Sure. I always, I always use capitulation, and and I've you know I've resisted it. And then I got to a point. You asked me, you asked me before if I have any sort of spiritual um, um, uh, leanings, and you know I got to a point where there was no place else to go but God. You right. know there was no place. I got to adjust. I was literally on my knees. You know, I didn't know what to do. And, and you know, you, you have to. Did you ask God for help? There. Did you ask God for help? I walked on the beach uh, one fine day, and mm-hmm. I hadn't cried in probably five years, maybe right. even more. And, you know, my, my place to, to sort of um, think and, and, and um gather myself is the beach. I go for very long walks on on an isolated beach and I just started sobbing Mm -hmm. and yeah, I just said, help me. You know, just can remember, I remember it incredibly vividly. I just said, help me. And I was absolutely sobbing and, uh, that's how it started. And did you feel in that moment that you were going to be okay? Did something tell you that this was the end? I suppose. Yeah. I, you know, yes and no. I, I still, you know, I have my moments. I, I don't, I have my moments where I remain, where I still resist a little bit, I think. Sure. Yeah. And sometimes I'll go for a few days and I'll think to myself, my God, you haven't really connected. You know, I'll be busy. Mm-hmm. I, I'll do a bunch of other things and I don't, you know, read or, or pray or I, I'm, you know, I was raised a Catholic. So, it's, it, it, you know, you fall back on those old habits. I, I maybe would say a rosary as I'm walking or whatever. And um, sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll remember that I haven't, I, I haven't taken the time to do it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I, I will submit that that was the moment that, I mean, you surrendered and asked for help and that's what it is. I mean, at some point, that's it. I had that exact moment. Uh-huh. And I'm going to take your, your both of And your I didn't believe moments. in God. I did oh. not believe in God for that moment, before that, at all. Uh-huh. Did Were either not. of you drunk when you had those moments? I was not. Absolutely not. Okay. I, I was, you know, when I was drunk, I was, I was just an asshole, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was, well, well the only time funny. I asked for help, I was... Can I say, can I say that on <laughs> radio? You can. You can say that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was no. I was the person who, when people were praying, you know, and looking down, I would be looking up. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I was challenged. I guess was I was I, I was challenging. You know, what an asshole, just like that. And uh, that was a, that was everything I did when I was drinking was 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 to challenge and to yeah. to uh, you know just. It just felt like all my kindness and my understanding of of, of anything just was was you know overshadowed. Yeah, and that's you know that's that's a huge part of recovery too. You know that's one part of mine that sort of lapsed for a while, and I had to I had to work to get that back. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that that requires uh, you know focus and attention. Um, I found out. Well, this is this has been Wonderful. fantastic. I know we sort of had a, a little kicker there, but it was yeah. great. I'm glad we, we stuck <laughs> around and, and did that all. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much. 
Thank you guys. See ya. All right. Bye. bye. Have a good night. Make me sound fabulous. Oh, you, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys. All right. Thanks a lot. Good night. All right. Good night. Thank you